Hey, podcast listener, are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. And the good news about how I function now is I'm very transparent about my pricing on my website. In fact, my Calendly won't even let them schedule an appointment unless they check the box that says I start at $7,500. So to a certain degree, it takes the whole pricing conversation entirely off the table. Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and make more. My name is Geraldine Carter. 18 months ago, my guest called out of the blue, citing the usual symptoms of being swamped with tax and no visible off-ramp, and she wanted help getting her business where she was doing work she loved while being well compensated for it without working all the time. She knew she loved stock option tax strategy and consulting, but couldn't locate the path to create her business around it. So we dug in, we built the path, which she is now cruising on. My guest is Minnie Lau, and she is here to talk with us about her journey of specializing, what has changed in the year since we last had her on, and what the future holds as she continues to deepen her expertise in this area. Minnie, welcome back to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. So let's just give listeners a sense of where you are in your business now compared to where you were more than a year ago so that they kind of understand what we're even talking about here. Okay. I currently run a tax practice where I help clients uh, optimize on their stock options equity positions. And uh, we help them decide when to exercise, when to sell, um, and how to basically navigate their life in certain ways to hopefully um, keep more of their equity and pay less in taxes. That's what we do right now. Um, as a side product, we still have tax return preparation, but that is no longer the core of our business. Previously, when I first started working with you, that was all I did, and I did the tax planning on the side. And so we kind of did a 180 flip. So about how many clients are you working with on strictly the stock option planning and strategy stuff? At any particular time, it could be somewhere between 40 to 75 clients. And that has an ongoing element to it, right? It's not like you're working, meeting with them every week or something like that. Can you say a little bit more about what your cadence of working with them is like? Sure. 
So when I onboard a client, it's usually a 12-month collaboration. The reason why we want to work with a client for 12 months is because life changes, price point changes, and many of my clients come to me before their company has that event. It could either be a direct listing or an initial public offering, IPOs, or it could be their company is privately held and there is a VC that is looking to buy the private shares before it becomes available in the open market. So working with them for a year gives them, you know, a greater sense of peace knowing that they can always pick up the phone and talk to me. And for me, so that I know how much work I have to do going down the pipeline. So it's a women for everybody. Okay, awesome. I think what I want to get to is I think a lot of CPAs are used to a cadence of, you know, I meet with a tax, I meet with a client in February, we might exchange a few phone calls or emails in March, gathering up a few documents, I send them their return, and then I don't see them again until next February. Or if they're in something more of an advisory situation, they might be meeting on a quarterly cadence or maybe monthly, but you're doing something that's totally non-traditional. So, and I want to highlight the non-traditional ways of doing things for when there's kind of very limited roadmaps around to look at. So can you say a little bit more about when you onboard your client? Like how long is that meeting? How many follow-ups are there? When do they happen? There is, just like how you said, there are no roadmaps. There is no one compelling roadmap for how I work with every single one of my clients. The, the general roadmap is, it's a 12-month collaboration. We start out doing what I call a deep dive, which is a 60 to 90-minute conference call, like on a Zoom or something like that, where they upload for me all the tax stuff I care to see, you know, prior tax returns, you know, future stock compensation, what their hopes and dreams and aspirations are. Um, I take a look at what they've got. I hear what it is they're hoping to achieve. And if it's viable, we will then craft what type of projections they would like for me to run to meet their goals. Some of them want to get money out. Some of them want to invest in their company now while the price is still palatable. Um, some don't even know what the heck they want. They just know that I'm good at what I do and they want to basically see what kind of ideas I can come up with. You know, love those clients because, you know, they don't have a preconceived notions in their head. Um, once we craft out a couple of strategies and they implement one, a lot of it has a lot to do with the waiting game. It's a kind of big uh, in, in the space that I'm in because some Sometimes there could be a lot of stuff happening in a very short period of time, or there could be months where nothing is really happening all the time. Um, I am available as a counselor and as an advisor, and they're also um, the financial advisors, if they happen to have one, also loop me in regularly as they basically try to craft a strategy on optimizing on other financial areas of their life. But I'm usually brought in as a result of their stock options, we're going to do something with them. And, um, you know, Minnie's going to basically be the little Sherpa that's going to get them up to Everest. <laughs> and talk about the Everest size pile of liquidity that some of your clients experience, and how much you save them by doing this kind of work. Well, uh, your mileage may vary, obviously, because not not everybody's position is similar. But um, my typical client typically has about a seven-figure liquidity. So for most of my clients, their liquidity, whether they get it out all in one day or their portfolio that they could potentially get out over time, could be as little as a million. It could be as high as 70 million. And 
the work that we do sometimes can save as much as fifty percent in taxes. And so, when you're dealing in the millions and the percentages are not insignificant, it could add up to a crazy multiple of my fees. That's for sure. The the good news is I've been doing this long enough to kind of be able to eyeball from pretty far away just how much value add. I can provide a client. So if I think、um, it's a fit, I can kind of give them a ballpark idea of. I think if we put a couple things in place, we will be able to save you X to Y range. And I always try to underplay that number because it's always nice to be able to、uh, underpromise and overdeliver, and that gives them a little bit more peace of mind about hey. What do you mean, mini cost this much? And I haven't had my liquidity yet, because you know it's a lot of it. It's a matter of trust in this in this line of work, and I try to assuage some of my clients by basically telling them you're doing this as a two front. Piece one is hopefully to save taxes now and in the future, but secondly, just as important to many of my clients is the peace of mind of knowing I didn't do something because I didn't know about it, or oh now that I know about this, I make sure I don't do that. So there's a lot of peace of mind in knowing that what could I have done better and making sure I did everything that I could. And you know this is why it's so much fun doing this type of work because、um, if I don't think there is value add. You know, I basically tell them that, and more importantly, send them to friends of mine who I think can get them the same type of results without paying my kind of fees. Awesome. Okay, great. So while you were doing that, I was thinking we were. I initially thought we were going to go back and do a little bit of where you started, but we're so good in the details here. I want to stay here. And I was trying to do some mental math on the, you know, at the top end up to seventy million and potentially fifty percent. What do you think? On average, your ROI is on your fee. Oh dear! I, mean, I realize there's probably a huge range. You know, if there's like yeah, I, I, that that that's a really really hard question to answer. But、um, is it like two x or like twenty x or two hundred x? Wow! Now we're just picking up particular data points here. Um, I would say probably <laughs> definitely a two x. I mean that, but that's just kind of. That that that's not very much though in the big scheme of things. We 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 typically can do a bit more than that. But for most of the people, it might not even be about tax optimization at a particular point. It's just a, I don't feel comfortable. This is all new to me, and um, I just want somebody in my corner to basically walk me through it. And my typical CPA, who I love dearly, is just not an expert on this because I picked up a client in Ohio. Or there's a client in Indiana, or there's a client, you know, that's outside of the typical California, Boston, New York, you know, ecosystem. So they might not see quite as much, you know, with regards to stock option compensation with their CPA repertoire. Now, I, I say this with all the love and affection to my brethren in those neck of the woods. I would be absolutely useless. Servicing some very specific industry-driven tax returns too. So, I mean, it, it's it's just a matter of exposure, really, rather than、uh, I'm not particularly like super brilliant at it. It's just that I've been doing this for a very long time. Okay, and are you underplaying yourself with two x ROI on that? I kind of feel like there's occasions you've told me stories where you're saving folks a good bit of money. 
Oh, well, yeah, two, two X is like the minimum barrier to entry. How about that? Okay. <laughs> what's a, um, what's a more typical range? Like, have you saved anybody, for example, more than a hundred thousand dollars this year? Yes. How about $500,000? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I would tell you more, but then I have to kill you. So, you know, long, long, long well, don't do that. Is um, scaling works. And, you know, a lot of it is also timing is a, a crucial importance. Um, to, to give you a sense of scope, um, Coinbase went public uh, last April or, or this April, rather. The April just passed a couple months ago. And I have clients of mine circa 2015. Also have clients of mine circa 2017, 2019, 2020, 2021. So depending on when they onboarded with me, we may have put together some strategies whereby when I was alluding to in the beginning of the call, we may have saved, you know, 30, 30% or more. But it has both in terms of we're saving on tax rates as well as the fact that the 409A or, you know, the valuation point at that point was much, 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 much less than. Therefore, the delta between the exercises is correspondingly less. So is it really me as a direct influence? Potentially, because I poked and I poked and I poked and says you might want to consider exercising. But I would not say single-handedly I am the reason they single-handedly saved like half a million dollars. I just am the byproduct of, dude, you should consider doing this so you could save potentially $500,000. The price of Coinbase is what drove the, the bulk of that savings. Sure. Gotcha. Okay. We'll let you get away with that this time. Thank you. So give us a sense of like when you have one of these 45 to 60 odd clients that you have in a given year about ballpark, how many hours are you spending with each person across a given sort of contract term? Is it like two hours or 20 hours or 100 hours or what? Just like the preparation of tax returns, we have in the back of our mind a certain range of how long something is supposed to take. Sometimes you get really, really lucky and it's a lot shorter and then you just get all giddy because, you know, it's just all pure profit at that point. And sometimes it's just like the, oh, man, I hate my life choices. And then you over completely overblow your budget and it's just like completely just goes goes off the rails. Um, so to answer your question, it could be as little as five hours or it could be over 25 hours. I mean, I've, I've had a spectrum that, that ranges between the two. And, you know, I think, I think it's the inner socialist in me because I am Canadian that <laughs> I feel like if I charge everybody the same, the math kind of shakes itself out, sort of, kind of, maybe. Uh -huh. And so um, it's, it's really hard to say at, as an absolute certainty just how many hours a year something takes I basically say is it takes as long as it takes. And sometimes all the things work out the way that you hope it does, in which case then you only do the, the, the hardcore work once and then you get to sit back and enjoy the results. Other times, like if the stock price rapidly changes right before an IPO and you're trying to help a client decide how much to exercise and when, you end up ripping up your work three times in 72 hours. So long and short of it is it depends. 
Totally. Yep. So a lot of CPAs are like, oh my gosh, like, how do I price something if I don't know how long it's going to take? It might take five, it might take 25. So how are you pricing it in a way that you can live with the variance? Um, I think I'm very, very fortunate in that I still have a tax compliance practice under my belt. And that smooths out my operational budget for the year. And maybe this model won't work for me forever, but 18 months into our process, I still have enough revenue coming through my compliance side to offset most, if not all, of my operational expenses for the year. Um, Payroll for my staff, payroll for me, where the consulting, you know, be it if I take more or if I take less, it's just pure profit for me because the way I run my practice, I'm not delegating so much of the, uh, the, the planning work with my staff. I let them primarily drive the tax compliance side of my practice, which frees me up to do the lucrative, quiet work that sometimes we just want to sit down and be able to do. So the fact that the occasional client blows my budget it's just the nature of the beast. And the good news is not everybody has an emergency all at the same time. You just got to basically plan for an emergency happening at any particular time. But not everything is going to go exploding every single moment or every single day. So when we first started piloting this, it was like June or August of 2020, if I recall. About how much revenue did you bring in in consulting in 2020? Uh, I believe it was around 125, 150. Sorry, the math's a little fuzzy right this moment. Yeah, we're okay with fuzzy math over here. And about how much do you think you will have brought in by the end of 2021? A little over a quarter million. Okay, so about double last year. Mm-hmm. And that is by design. Um, when we first started working together, I had no clue how to price this thing. I I started uh, throwing out, you know, plans that I thought I was getting adequately compensated for. And then as an interesting thought exercise, we just kept arbitrarily raising the fees every so often just to see what happened. And so I don't necessarily think I'm doing more work in 2021. It's just that my revenue is reflecting the fact that we raised the price. And so when we were arbitrarily raising the prices, what happened? Well, first of all, I was really scared. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, but once you're able to articulate the value you're bringing to people, it was really less of a, oh my gosh, she's so expensive versus is Minnie the right girl for me? And that that takes the pricing piece entirely out of it. And the good news about how I function now is I'm very transparent about my pricing on my website. And in fact, my Calendly won't even let them schedule an appointment unless they check the box that says I start at $7,500. So to a certain degree, it takes the whole pricing conversation entirely off the table. And now my goal is, am I the best fit for you? versus am I worth $7,500? Don't you <laughs> just filter them right at the gates. Um, and for listeners, just so they have a sense of just how much your prices have gone up since you started, where did you start them at? Uh, for giggles, I think the first one we did was, uh, was it 2000 or 2500 
I thought it was 1250. No, no, no. We never went that low. It wasn't? No, okay. Yeah. 2500. Tell listeners about when you bumped it up just to see and it was crickets. What was that experience like? Ah, right. For fun, we decided uh, a little earlier this year, I was a little bit overworked and we decided, hey, we should play around with this. And so we tested it at $10,000. And for about three weeks, there were no appointments. And it was nice. I took vacation. It was good. And then we came back and we decided, hey, maybe $10,000 was a psychological barrier people just couldn't bypass. We went back to 75 and it's been kind of flowing steadily ever since. Nice. How to price so that you can take a vacation. <laughs> Title this episode. <laughs> it seems wrong on so many levels. It does. Really. Well, so we could come back to that because I do want to talk about um, there are a lot of people who've been it's been just a wild year. So we'll come back to that piece. Okay, so you touched on this just briefly right there. You sort of have found this temporary sweet spot at 7,500. So what is demand like on your service now? Do you have to work to drum up business? Do you have all you can handle or what? I'm lucky enough to have all I can handle. And um, sometimes I really want to say no, but they're like, it's just this one thing. And it's just a little time sensitive thing. And so I look at my calendar and I'm like, I really want to make a meaningful difference for these people, especially in December. It's the holiday spirit. Or more importantly, there's just a lot of things we can do in December that you can't do in January. And so there's a part of me that always feels like, would it really be so bad to overwork a tiny smidge in December and just take it a little easier in January? So Again, clearly I'm telling myself a story here and I really should, you know, take, take, take a step back and make sure I actually have vacation. But all of us get into our occupation as a desire to help others. And so the ability to, oh, it'll only take a couple of hours is this, oh, well, the money's not bad either. And think of what I can do with that, you know, also drives a little bit of this. And so one of the things that I regularly have to work on is, you know, does that extra, you know, $7,500 going to make a meaningful difference in my life? Or should I be taking vacation the last week of December and maybe spending it with my kids? And so, you know, there, there's, there's always, you know, throwing around. But I have been better this year about telling my clients I'm dead to them the last week of the year. So we're going to see whether or not that works. <laughs> All right, we're going to test it out. So let's talk about being at capacity and still wanting to help people. Because there are a lot of people that you can help, that you want to help, and either you don't have time for, or perhaps they can't afford you, they don't want to pay the fee, or they've got some event that doesn't make it worth it or whatever. And so now that you've kind of dialed in the one-on-one -on -one consulting package, you're headed into a one-to-many situation. Can you share with listeners what you're up to? This is a real passion project for me because at the end of the day, the bottleneck of my practice is me. And I wish there was enough time to help every single person that needs to help. But unfortunately, that's just not realistic. And so what uh, we have been uh, working on in, in, in the back um, is an online course uh, focusing on uh, tax optimization and uh, planning strategies for um, potential clients with restricted stock units, which is a very popular way that folks in tech get paid 
in the San Francisco Bay Area where I live and in New York and Boston and a bunch of other large metropolitan areas. We are building an online course um, so that I can distill all the stuff I would have talked to my clients about on a one-to-one basis over the course of the year and reduce the amount of time that I spend teaching the basics and more to hone in on, hey, bring me your stuff, watch this course, don't have to tell you the basics, and I can spend my time just talking about the things that matter and helping them still craft that personal strategy without the constant handholding, because let's face it, not everybody needs constant handholding. Okay. And when is that course going to be ready? We are shooting for end of Q1 in 2022. Awesome. And do we have a sale price yet for that course? We're going to talk about it, right, Jerody? <laughs> yes. And so just to be clear, is it course plus a little bit of one-on-one with you or is there, um, is it just video course? Uh, course plus one-on-one with me. So it will still be a little bit limited um, during the tax season period, just because, you know, everything kind of is busy that time of year. But I want to bring this up as a option uh, for those who might be a little price sensitive or because, well, their company's not they haven't had the liquidity yet, and it's just too much to be asking for my normal fees if there isn't so much we can immediately do right now. So I get that there are different paths for different people, and I want to offer the opportunity for somebody to pursue something. And, you know, if, if this if this turns out and there's a great demand for it, super We'll think about fleshing out some additional types of similar programs for some of the other work that I do. And if it doesn't, then it's a terrific uh, thought exercise and um, it would just be fun putting the stuff down on paper. Well, all the material is in your head. And when it goes to video, it can also be repurposed into all kinds of other things. It's the same information, just in a different digital format for a different price point for a different kind of buyer. So one way or another, it'll get put to good use. You mentioned something a few meetings back that was like heading into being the authority on all things stock options, RSUs, cryptocurrency, NFTs. Where's that conversation in your head now? Now that you repeat it out loud, it sounds absolutely petrifying. And I feel like I want to run in the other direction. (laughs) (laughs) But um, realistically is this, um, I believe as a CPA with still a significant portion of my income tied in compliance that this model is changing and it's changing in a way where I don't envision us being able to retire with this current iteration, which means the only way out is twofold. Either you change how the market works or the market change you and you're not going to like the fact that the market changed you. Yeah. If what do they say? Um, if you don't have a will, the government has one for you. <laughs> And if you don't, if your business doesn't have a strategy, the marketplace has one for you. Well, you don't want to basically, you don't basically want to commoditize what we do as a product that everybody else can do. Then you're basically dictated by what the market says you're worth rather than what you think you are worth or something. I don't know. Okay. But I don't know if you answered my question about, because you wanted to turn tail and run out the room, being the go-to person on all things crypto, stock, and NFT? I'm not quite sure how to answer that question. It's a 
I there 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 are few moments of my day where I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a really really cool thing. I do do a lot of work in that space, and I do have a lot of experience dealing with some up and coming technology. So yes, it would seem like a natural thing to you know share my thoughts on it. But on the other end, um, I have been schooled in the conventional CPA route in that you don't want to stick your neck out and be that it's just so much easier to basically take a step back and just work on the things that is comfortable and you know profitable for us and so I kind of have this weird um, dichotomy of do I really want to break away and do this weird thing or do I basically want to you know do what is working because what is working is very lucrative so I, it's, it's, it's a very weird feeling for me. But um, I do think there is going to be a need for those services. And who knows, in about five to 10 years, talking about crypto is going to feel just as common as talking about trading stocks. That could be the next next thing for all of us. I'm not looking forward to the day where crypto feels normal. But anyways, before we head in the direction of wrapping up, there are just a couple things in here I want to ask. Knowing what you know now and looking back on your journey, your process, how might you have counseled yourself differently along the way? Like what, is there anything you would have done differently or sooner or not done? Hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? Yes. Well, so share your 2020 hindsight with our listeners so that they can benefit from it. My, my 2020 hindsight, both from my work, you know, with you, as well as meeting other awesome CPAs who have, you know, gone and done their own thing is that you never know how it's going to work out until you try. And don't let the fear of trying something new talk you out of something that could potentially be like the best thing that ever happened to you. I will tell you from personal experience, I had to hit a very emotional low for me to pick up the phone, so to speak, to, you know, look for help and guidance in trying to go for it. But I really think every professional out there is an expert in one superpower. It could be like your superpower. This is the thing that everybody in your office says, oh, go talk to this person because it's like their jam. And you too could build a practice working on the thing that brings you joy and hopefully make a bit more money at the same time. So if hindsight is twenty twenty, had I known that the market could bear these costs, would I have increased my fees eons ago? Absolutely. But I understand that mentally I wasn't there and I needed to basically step into the kiddie pool first before I move into the three-footer. And now I'm kind of moving slowly into the dark, deep side of the pool. Okay, so since you touched on it just a little bit right in there, I want to ask you, what part of the process do you think was the most challenging? I know the answer to this one, just to take a second to actually think about it. Um, it was picking up the phone to talk to you was not the hardest thing. Seeing your plan and actually have to take the first step, that was the hardest thing. Oh, what was so hard about taking the first step? 
it's one thing to keep telling yourself you need to change, you need to change, you need to change. It's another thing to have somebody tell you, well, here's how you do it, dude. Go on, do it. And 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 now and now you've got a choice because it's one thing to say I didn't know any better. It's another thing. It's it's like the equivalent of me telling us a, a client of stock options and it says, look, dude, the price is this. If I were to tell you you can buy this for X, now I'm gonna let you decide. You want to buy this for X? That's how much it's gonna cost you. And then six months down the line, I said, so did you buy it for X? And they're like, no, I sat on it. And then I'm like, well, what is it right now? And they tell me what the new price is. And I was like, oh, so it's now Y. And Y is about 230% greater than X. And you sat on it for about four and a half months. And then they're like, yeah, I feel like an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, you are an idiot, but that's okay. (laughs) So how does that relate to you? And you're taking the first step. Well, it's basically a matter of if somebody had pointed you in the right direction and you choose not to act upon it, that's on you, your consequences of inaction. Gotcha. So don't let the inaction cost you 230% X. Got it. Or the other way you can kind of think about it is um, if everything failed, and that's what's the beautiful thing about working with you was you weren't telling me to fire all my clients and then do this new wacko thing. We didn't even talk about me firing my clients until I think the last six to nine months ago. So let's just be really, really clear to everybody that's listening out here is I don't want you to think that, hey, you're going to work with somebody and they're like, okay, just destroy any way you're making revenue and then just go like sell boba drinks down the street. Like this is not that kind of show here, but it's a matter of, okay, you can build this tertiary offering on top of your golden goose so that later on, once you have some traction and test whether or not it works or not, then you can decide whether or not if it's worthwhile pivoting your, your, your business. Had it not worked the way that it did, you and I, in the beginning of our time together, had also talked about other cool things I could have done to have broken the cycle of tax returns. It was just that Lucky for me, the first choice we picked worked out. We didn't have to go back to the drawing board. But there were other ideas on the draw, on the cutting room floor that we could have very easily utilized. And in fact, I believe some of your other clients, Geraldine, are using the things that I purposely said it wasn't for me. And they're doing fantastic things with it. So last question here. Now that we know what's been most challenging for you, the first step, what's been most rewarding? Working the same amount, but being in four tax brackets higher, it's kind of cool. <laughs> you work the same amount of hours in your four tax brackets higher. Sorry, was that was that too much? I, I die back. I totally dial it back. <laughs> How many hours a week do you work now? Ballpark, like on average? Still too much, according to you. <laughs> yeah, I know, but but just for listeners to get a sense of where you're at. Uh, I I still work about a forty hour week. I, I I you know, and it's one of those um long term goals of mine is to work significantly less. But it's a work in progress. I think there's just too many fun projects that I get um access to, and I'm kind of like oh squirrel, and then I go and pick up more work, and then afterwards I'm like oh I guess I overdid it again this year. But it's not a I'm out of money, I'm doing more work kind of way, is the, oh my gosh, that looks super duper fun. I want to be a part of that. And isn't that like the coolest part of being in business is to be able to say yes to the things that are cool. 
I think so. So, Minnie, if people want to find you, where can they do that? They can find me on my website at www.minnielau.com. That's M-I-N-N-I-E-L-A-U.com. Minnie Lau, it has been so great to have you back on the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. You're very welcome. It was very, very nice to be here. Thanks. Minnie is on fire, blazing a trail where one did not exist before because she took one small step. If that first step seems like the hardest one to take, let's just make it easy. Head on over to my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com and subscribe to my daily drip of business strategy for CPAs. You'll get one easily digestible tip a day on how to position your business, how to price your services, and how to sell outcomes so you can be more profitable, get your time back, and get off the tax hamster wheel for once and for all. That URL again is shethinksbigcoaching.com. All right, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.